Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hello, my friends. I'm Michael Unbroken, host of the Think Unbroken podcast and founder of thinkunbroken.com. And I'm honored to be your trauma coach and mentor because I believe that everyone is capable of getting unstuck, cultivating self-love, and becoming the hero of their own story. I believe that when implemented correctly, the practical tools and education you will receive from this show will help you lead an unbroken and extraordinary life. I believe that no matter what we come from, that we all have the ability to choose ourselves first, to create and manifest a powerful and grace-filled future, and love the reflection in the mirror. I believe that every day is a day to grow, learn, heal, and change. That's why I started my company, thinkunbroken.com, which is an online training and healing and personal growth platform where you get everything that I know about how to get motivated, be accountable, get out of the vortex, and become the hero of your own story through community, connection, and commitment. For more information, visit thinkunbroken.com. Please listen closely as you may learn just one thing that will help you be unbroken. And please share this episode with at least three of your friends because we all need community and connection in our healing journey. And be sure to DM me and tag me on Instagram at michaelunbroken so that I can say hi. I just want to thank you again for being a part of this, for listening, 
and being a member of the Unbroken Nation. Now, let's get into today's show and make the world unbroken. What's up, Unbroken Nation? Thank you so much for being with me today and my super special guest, Elizabeth Kristoff of the Brain-Based Wellness Foundation. Is foundation the way I should say that? Maybe not. Brain-Based Wellness. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for hanging out with the Unbroken Nation today. How are you, my friend? I am great. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I love your work. I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you. That that means so much to me. You know, it's it's so wild when I reflect on the journey of my life and being in the place that I am right now and understanding that this wasn't a part of the plan that makes it so fascinating yeah. and so powerful and potent. And to be honest, I'm I'm very blessed and honored to be able to be in the position I am. And and you're very fascinating in your own right. I, I think looking at and understanding what you do and your mission and your goals were were very much aligned. For people who don't know you, tell us a little bit about this journey and how you got to where you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am an applied neurology practitioner, and um, I have the online platform Brain-Based Wellness, where I teach people how to train their nervous system to be more resilient. Just the same way you would train your muscles in the gym to make them stronger, you train your nervous system so that it can handle more stress and so that it can be more resilient to the challenges of life, but also to move some of the stress through your body and to resolve old trauma patterns so that behavior change is more possible. And um, I, I came to this place where I use applied neurology for this through facing some of my own trauma, my own childhood trauma, um, some very high stress times in my life. And I had used applied neurology for a long time in athletic performance and in pain management. And in going through that high stress time in my life and coming up against some of my own unwanted behaviors and my own trauma patterns that came up when I went through that time, I started to learn that a dysregulated nervous system is a, a very dangerous thing. And I started to really dive into a deep rabbit hole of using a, applied neurology to heal the nervous system for behavior change, for stress management, and to be able to, to change your life and to move forward in ways that you want without being held back by a nervous system that's under constant threat. Yeah, I mean that that's powerful and potent medicine, right? And I I, I definitely want to dive a little bit deeper into this with you. Um, you know, I, I think about the nervous system often and, and frequently, you know, I talk about it, I wrote about it in my book, and, and it's obviously a part of our life. And here here's what's very strange to me about human biology, at least in America, is that we have to go and discover it on our own. There's no real platform in, in our youth, in our, our formal education, even for the most part, unless you seek it, to get an understanding of the literal thing that like moves us throughout the world, the brain and body connection. You know, so I, I think it's so fascinating to be in this position of being willing to step in to learn about it. But where does that come from, right? Because I, I think that part of healing trauma specifically is an education. And for many of us, it's, it's education by force of our own will. Um, what's that journey been like for you to step into that? 
Yeah, well, I think you're so right. Not only do we not learn about it, but I think so much of our culture dissociates us from our body so that we completely lose the ability to read the signals that our body is sending to us and to cultivate that relationship that is so very important to healing and then to processing stress. And we get so disconnected from it and push through it and push through it and then incur all these negative effects in, in our behavior and in our health because we've lost that connection. So I think you're absolutely right with that. And how I personally found my way back into my body and found my way into rediscovering the nervous system. Um, it started for me with being a movement practitioner. My whole life movement has been what has carried me through the ups and downs of my life. I've always had really big emotions. I didn't understand at the time that a lot of that was a trauma reaction. I just knew that I felt things very intensely. And the only way for me to stop self-harming and to stop reacting was to move, was to forward move. So I started running at an early age. I was always athletic and that was the only thing that kind of kept me calibrated. So as I went on in my life, I became a movement practitioner, a Pilates teacher. I had a studio for 12 years and I taught people how to connect to their body and their breath through movement. And during that time, I, I was sober. I got sober at a young age, at the age of 24, because also alcohol and drugs was, was not positive for me um, with all of the things that were happening in my nervous system. It certainly did not help. And so I, I got sober. I started pouring myself into this business, this movement business, and that saved me in many ways. But there were still a lot of really negative outputs of my nervous system that continued to run through my life. Binge eating was a huge part of my life, going into workaholism and just driving myself into the ground, tying up so much of my identity with my business and then completely shutting down where I would have to like sleep in bed for two days with the covers pulled over my head. And I really didn't understand at that point that there was another way to be that just felt like normal life, just cycling from hypo to hypervigilance, push, push, push and shut down. And I was in a lot of chronic pain, even though I was teaching people how to connect to their bodies and be mindful movers, I was still pretty disconnected from my own body. And there came a time a couple of years ago where the studio got in a lot of financial trouble. I had to leave that partnership. I and I lost my business that I'd put so much of my identity into. It was a very stressful time for me financially, but I was also losing my community. Um, and then I was in a relationship with someone who also st struggled from childhood trauma and had pretty severe complex PTSD. And the same week that I left my business, he was diagnosed with a very rare cancer and that grew around his heart. And I became the caretaker for him as we went through that year long journey of cancer treatment. And it was during that time that the amount of stress that I was under became um, so great that I started to really, really feel the effects of my nervous system. I was constantly in brain fog. The pain was very severe. Um, sometimes I would just black out. Um, I was binge eating very intensely as a way to dissociate from my body and to kind of just put a warm blanket over my nervous system. Um, and I was pushing through from really intense stress periods to complete shutdown. And during that time, I started to look at my partner's behavior. I started to look at the medical system and cancer treatment. I started to look at my own behavior and 
start to question what, what is happening here? What is happening to our bodies? Why are we being driven in these patterns? And I began a long journey of diving down a rabbit hole of reading Peter Walker, you know, Waking the Tiger and The Body Keeps the Score and Complex PTSD. And um, I, I saw a lot of what was happening to my partner, but I also saw a lot of what was happening to myself in those books and began to really understand how our body and our nervous system are such a huge part to healing our past. And I began to remember a lot of the things of my own past. I, I'll be really open with your audience. I have sexual abuse and physical abuse and abandonment in my past. And all of that started to come back to me in ways I had not remembered before. Something about being in that intense stress that replicated it, brought it back to me. And so it pushed me down on a long healing journey of working with my own applied neuro coach, my own somatic therapist, and really starting to heal, heal the trauma, heal the stress in my own body. And that's when I really began to learn how important it is to, to try to regulate our nervous system, to, to learn about it and learn how to heal it. And that that is possible. It's possible to do that. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to me how often these stories of, of dramatic change in our life occur from these moments of rock bottom, for lack of a better term, right? It's not necessarily one thing, but the compounding interest of a lot of things not going the right way, where suddenly we are often, and, and this was my case scenario, faced with change or die. Like I, I literally felt like if I would not have made the adjustments that I made as I was 25, 26 years old, I would very likely be dead right now. Um, and, and part of that also comes from this idea of forced education, whereas you have got to step into understanding what it is that's happening within you, right? And thinking about, you know, I, I think about this podcast, especially as a resource. And, you know, I cite books like, like, like the body keeps the score and like radical acceptance and, you know, the list goes on and on and on, but so much of it is like, great, you have this information, you have this knowledge. Now, what do you do with it? What I'm so curious about is, you know, as you reflect and you have this understanding of really this parlay of these experiences in childhood versus these experiences in adulthood, how do you step into creating a pathway to move forward as opposed to the ultimate worst case situation being like death, right? Yeah. So I think for me, what really saved me was I've always been a very curious person and my curiosity allowed me to look at things from altitude. And I also believe that I was already educated in applied neurology. I, I'd used that in my studio since 2014 for athletic performance and pain reduction. And so I had an understanding that our brain and our nervous system governs everything, right? I knew at that point, like, I don't have a tight hip flexor. I have a brain that is telling my hip flexor to stay tight because it feels threatened by movement in that area for some reason. So I'm not going to change that in my body by stretching or foam rolling. I have to change it in my brain. I have to train my brain to feel safer, to give my muscles more range of motion. And so I had this perspective of viewing everything from a brain-based neurological lens. And I started to see in myself and in my partner, some of the cues that I would look for physically in people when I was training them to move out of pain. 
I would see people's shoulders elevate, their posture becomes kyphotic, you get a lot of tension in between your eyes. It's what's called startle reflex, and it's an indication that you're pushing your body into threat, that the stress level is too high and you're going into a threat posture and a threat response. And I knew that was controlled by the old brain, the, the cerebellum and the brainstem, mostly, mostly the brainstem. But I started to see it in myself with these emotional stresses, with these trauma responses. And I began to recognize, oh my God, my nervous system is doing this to me. And I could draw the parallels between training your nervous system to move your body out of pain, which is also just an interpretation of your brain that your body is under too much threat to the behaviors also serving as a protective output of my nervous system, ultimately designed to keep me safe. And our brains are wired for survival. Their primary job is to make predictions to keep us alive. And they're always deciding safe and unsafe. And if your nervous system feels too threatened, not like your frontal lobe, not your higher order thinking systems, but your nervous system feels too threatened, it's going to produce an output to try to get you to change your behavior, to keep your world smaller and to keep you safe. So that can be pain. That can be muscle weakness. It can be tightness in your muscles to reduce your range of motion, but it could also look like binging to shut me down. It could look like depression. It could look like anxiety, anything that's going to get me to reduce my interaction with the world. And so I really believe that during that time, it was absolutely a matter of this is going to kill me soon if I just keep pushing through. But I feel really lucky in that I had that base of knowledge and I also just am a curious person and I begin to think about how to use my own experience to expand my ability to heal not only myself, but to, to help others find their way back to their body and their nervous system. Yeah, it's powerful. I, I often think about it like we are we are given these tools and understandings by the universe, call it universe, God, spirit, whatever, I don't care, but it's there, it's laid in front of you. And sometimes the hardest thing you have to do is just shut the hell up and listen. It's like right there, step into it, like acknowledge it, be willing to be curious about the idea that it's unknown and obviously a little bit scary. I, I want to take a little bit of a step back though, because we're going to lose people, right? Because you and I having this conversation, I understand what you're talking about. There are people who are like, what? What at the baseline are you talking about? In the most layman's of terms, how can you explain this to me? So if you think of your nervous system as a bucket, right? All of the stress of your life goes into that bucket. Your financial stress, your relationship stress, your work stress, all of the old trauma pattern stress from your past goes into that bucket too. But what also goes into the bucket as stress is, is deficits in your in your nervous system. So say you have a, a deficit with your visual system or you have a balance issue or you have a body mapping issue. You can't tell where your body is in space. All of that is threatening to your nervous system on a second by second basis. Say you have a respiration problem, that's threatening to your nervous system every single breath that you take. So all of that stress is going into the bucket. Well, our our brains are smart, our bodies are smart, and they understand that too much stress leads to a dysregulated nervous system for too long. And ultimately that leads to disease. Ultimately that is very harmful. That high stress state of our body becomes toxic for our body. And so your brain will eventually, as that threat level in the bucket rises up to the top, your brain's gonna try to get you to change your behavior to reduce the amount of stress coming in. And so if I present you with pain, if I'm your 
your brainstem and I present you with pain on your, on the well-worn pain pathways, you're going to take less steps. You're going to interact less. You're going to lift less heavy things. You're going to, um, get out and about less. And so it suddenly reduces the amount of stimulus coming in. It reduces your interaction with the world. And from your old brain's perspective, that is safer. And the same thing with producing depression and anxiety, anything that gets you to quiet yourself, the way that I would shut down and I would draw the covers over my head, I was literally reducing the stimulus coming in. I was taking away visual stimulus. I was um, keeping the room really dark and my nervous system needed that because the world felt so threatening. It didn't want more stimulus coming in, more visual stimulus, more movement stimulus in my joints, nothing. It wanted me to just be quiet and recalibrate for a little bit. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Michael here. I just wanted to take a moment and invite you to the Think Unbroken Community Coaching Sessions. We start these sessions at the beginning of every month, and we take a deep dive into the baseline and frameworks of what it means to get out of the vortex and become the hero of your own story through community, connection, commitment, and education. You can learn more about this at HealTraumaCoach.com, where you can fill out an application and sign up for a trauma healing call with me or my team to see if the Think Unbroken community coaching sessions is right for you. That's at HealTraumaCoach.com. We start at the beginning of every month. I cannot wait to see you there. And I'll be honest with you, if I'm not the right fit for you, we will help you find the person that can help you on your journey. Yeah. And that's, and that's powerful because so many, uh, and in my case scenario, especially dissociation being a huge player in my life, looking back at growing up in toxic stress and being bathed in cortisol through my adolescence and my developmental years. And for a while that works, right? We become hypervigilant. We understand how to navigate the world. And then slowly it actually starts to turn on itself, right? That, that old saying it works until it doesn't. And then right. that started to manifest into pain and into illness and into sickness and depression and anxiety, and then ultimately headed off at five panic attacks a day, right? And then putting myself in this position of, okay, what is it that I have to adjust? And, and recognizing it wasn't just only that system, but it was all of my systems. It was everything was out of whack, top to bottom, up to down. And I think so often as, as trauma survivors, we don't recognize that we're in it. So if you are in this place where it would be of benefit to step into a modality like this, how do you even notice it? How do you even put yourself in a position of being curious enough to step into the idea that this could be beneficial? Well, I think the best thing to do is to sometimes see if you recognize the feeling of being driven by something other than the thoughts that you are aware of. I remember always feeling in my life like I was being pushed by something out of my control. There was just this frantic sense of running from life. And I, I don't know how to describe it other than I was thrashing around. I would, I would harm myself. I would um, be destructive in relationships. I would binge eat. I would do these things that it felt like some kind of autopilot that I didn't have control over was taking a hold of my body. And what I know now is 
it was an autopilot. It was my nervous system and it was my fight and flight response, or it was my freeze, my shutdown response. And those are ancient survival mechanisms that are hardwired into our body, but we don't understand that, yes, I, I want to make different decisions. I want to react differently, but at a very baseline level, we, we can't until we do the work of healing our nervous system as simple as maybe practicing breath work or finding a few drills that work for you or just taking some time trying to read the internal signals that your body is giving you, even just those little small steps will help your nervous system start to move more into a parasympathetic state, a calm and respond state. And then you can take different actions. But if you have that feeling that you are being driven by something beyond your control, it is likely your nervous system stuck in a state that no longer is serving you. Yeah, exactly. Fight or flight is so real and, and, and so informative of where we are in our life. And, you know, it's, what's really fascinating is even now after doing all this work for, you know, over a decade and reading all the books and going to all the seminars and doing all the things, it's still there. Right. And it will still, for most of us, I would assume always be there, but you build these tools, you build these systems to be able to, I don't want to say cope, but navigate through it. Right. Because there are days and yesterday's a perfect example. I, I remember I literally said aloud, like, I don't feel present in my body. Right. And so that led me to this moment where I was like, oh, okay, what I need to do is I need to go to my journal. I need to meditate. I need to get back into my body because one, we live in a very toxic and stressful time. So you parlay these two things on top of COVID, on top of, you know, elections, on top of all of these things. And it's no wonder we are all out of sorts at this moment, right? And, so and I think about this journey in this place of being willing to step into healing, right? Often, and, and look, I recognize this isn't always the case scenario, but it is way more comfortable to be within the context of the chaos of what I call the vortex, that place where you're not showing up, where you're hurting yourself, where you're binging, where my scenario being overweight and smoking two packs of cigarettes a day is way easier than pushing yourself into being better. So how do you do that, right? You come from this place of understanding the abuse has laid down the tracks that put you in this position of depression and self-harm and all these other things. How do you push yourself into healing? Because I do think that there is a little bit of centrifugal force that is necessary to get you there. Mm -hmm. Yes. So a couple of things I've, I've listened to your podcast and I know you're a big believer in the morning routine. And I am the same. I feel like it is something that I have to commit to so that I, so that my life doesn't kill me. Kind of like you said, like the stakes are high, right? So I need to do that. And then I make that morning routine something that focuses not just on my cognitive thoughts, but something that focuses on bringing me back to my body. And so it includes a little bit of healing movement. It includes um, what I call a neurosomatic meditation, which basically just means taking at least one minute to sit still and think about what do I feel in the bottom of my belly? What do I feel in the center of my chest? What do I feel in my throat? Can I feel the sensations on my hands? Can I feel the bottom of my foot? Can I feel like the foot, the space that my foot takes up in space? And just spending a minute 
coming into my body so that I'm starting to develop a skill of interception, which is just your brain's ability to read the signals that your body is sending you. And that those signals are given to you by one of your most important nerves, which is your vagus nerve, which is a really important nerve in self-regulation and getting you out of a high reactive emotional state. It sets all of the autonomic functions of your body, like your heart rate, your breathing, your digestion. And so just taking a minute to try to feel as many sensations as you can on the inside of your body is actually training for your vagus nerve. You're actually making that nerve stronger and upregulating it. And then that is going to, over time, have huge benefits because that nerve is so important in controlling our automatic responses. So for me, I think a minimum effective dose is really important. Like how much will I set up in my morning routine that I will actually do? And so finding that sweet spot of the right amount of, of work in the morning to not be so overwhelming that it only lasts for a week or two, but something that's really sustainable and then gradually building on that over time. You know, maybe I start with one minute and then I take it to two minutes and then Three months later, I take it to five minutes so that I'm starting to see some of the benefits from the work as well as I'm gradually increasing that amount of time of training my nervous system, but it keeps me, keeps me wanting to do it. Yeah. And, and, and I think that is a, a really important key point because so often we are measuring ourselves against do the yoga, do the meditation, do the journaling, do the visualization, do the no coffee, only the tea, and then don't do anything. And then blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, hold the fuck up. Let me just do what I need to do to take care of myself in this moment. But yeah. there's lead up to that, right? So what's the lead up for you, Elizabeth? Because I think that it's really easy to, when you've been in it for a while, kind of go, yes, this is my routine. This is what I do. I have an understanding of it. But in the infancy, for lack of a better term, of your, your healing journey and getting to this place that you are now, what was that like? Because my reflection on it was being very difficult and tedious at times and really needing to double down on the idea that I knew there was a light at the end of this tunnel of some sorts. Yeah, I think that is a really great question. And some of the things that I did to help get me here are one, I invested in myself and I got some help um, with other coaches or therapists or, uh, you know, joining a group that is working on, on healing together. I think that it's important to get help and support where you need it until you can make these things more baked in because I, I don't think I could have done it alone. I don't think I could have done it just relying on myself. Community is really important to me. And so I, that was one of the ways that I began to cultivate this routine was doing it with others. And then I also think that it's really important to assess and reassess everything that you do because everybody's nervous system is very different. And everybody responds differently to different things. And we have different trauma in our past. So as I was embarking on this journey and trying to see what would work for me, I did, I worked with a bunch of different people. I, I took a bunch of different applied neuro, neuro courses and applied different things to myself. And, and then I always tested, do I feel better or do I feel worse after doing this? And I kept notes about it. And I started to really see what are my most high payoff activities? Is it 
these certain drills? Is it a respiration activity? Is it taking a bath? Is it going for a walk? Like what really helps me? Because sometimes sitting in meditation with your eyes closed when you're in a state of hypervigilance just pushes you into more panic. Not everybody responds the same to everything. And so if you feel all of this internal resistance to doing something, maybe listen to that. And maybe that's not the thing that you're supposed to do. Maybe your body is telling you it wants something else entirely. And so beginning to trust my body a little bit and trust my instincts and, and ask it, what, what do you need body? Like sometimes I will really sit there and put my hand on my chest and close my eyes and ask my body, how do you want me to be with you right now? And look for the answers there because nobody knows better than you do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a really valid point. And I, I think about doing that often in my journey, even sitting here and being like, you know, it'd be nice to take a bath right now, even though there's no bathtubs that hold me because I'm fucking six, five. <laughs> but my point being is like listening to my body and trying to, to make that correlation between one's needs and interest and then moving towards them. Right. And, and so often I, I think what's perplexing about this and, and especially in the beginning is getting to this place that you're comfortable in acknowledging what you want, what you need, or what you're interested in. And, and often that being the very bridge that you have to cross to step into what's next. And, and what I'm curious about is, you know, from your perspective and, and spending so much time, and, and I could be wrong here, but I'm going to assume that I'm not in, in this position where your wants, needs, and interests are denied, understanding that everything that happens in your life for the most part is out of your control, especially within your youth and abuse, and then stepping into these chaotic situations as an adult and recognizing, okay, I'm doing some things right, doing some things wrong, but all of a sudden, or all, all the while being very much in a dissociative state. I believe, I'm leading somewhere with this, I believe that one of the most important things that we can do is learn to reestablish trust within our own body, because that is such a key cornerstone and baseline to this entire healing journey. How do you do that? I think I agree with you 100%. That is the root of where all my healing has come from, is reestablishing a connection to my own body and trust in its internal wisdom. And Honestly, I have to say I was able to get there because of quarantine, because I was able to have all this space and time to be by myself um, and to spend time with myself. And that was forced in the beginning. And I was so used to working myself into the ground and to staying constantly busy and to caring for other people. And I I lost the relationship, I lost the job, and then quarantine happened and it was very still and it was very quiet. And I spent so much time taking really long baths in the middle of the day, going for long walks and realizing how much more space I needed for myself to, to get to know myself again. And, and in that space and in that time, is where I really found my path to healing. And I don't know if I would have found it otherwise, but I do think that it is something that is necessary, time and space with yourself to build that relationship. How do you build a relationship of trust if you don't ever spend time with yourself? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I, you know, for me, I, I spent four years single and dated here and there and spent, I mean, an innumerable amount of time 
by myself and go to therapy and come home and just journal about it and not have anyone to talk to and carrying that through into years and years and years of that, of just trying to reestablish an understanding of who I was. And, you know, when I reflect on that from years ago and, and sit in these moments of being on the bus riding home alone after like crying in a therapist's office and being able to like establish this idea of discovering who I am for the first time, really, and, and leveraging that to continue to move forward was powerful. Even with my clients, I, I often say like, if you are in a bad relationship, if you're in a bad job, if you are in something that doesn't bring you value, move away, walk away, be alone, step into the uncomfortableness of what it is like to be within your own self. You know, go for a walk with no headphones on. I dare you see what happens. Right. And so as you're in this and as you're approaching uh, helping other people now, because I believe one of the things that's really beautiful about being a coach or a practitioner or, or a therapist or a psychologist in this space is taking what we know and we understand about the world that has helped us and delivering that to the world. Now, I think it's bits and pieces, depending on who you are. And for other people, it's large chunks. But if I'm going to take one thing away from what it is that you do or you understand about the world, Elizabeth, when it comes to healing and growing and changing and whatever else we want to call these things, what would it be? What is the one thing that you would want to give me? Did you know that you can sponsor an episode of the Think Unbroken podcast? All you have to do is visit thinkunbrokenpodcast.com and there's a little coffee icon down there at the bottom of the screen or you can click the sponsor an episode link and your name will go on the sponsored list for sponsors of the Think Unbroken podcast. One of the things you may not know is that this is an internal podcast. There's no major sponsors. Coca-Cola doesn't sponsor us. We don't get the Joe Rogan endorsement. We're over here trying to create massive change in the world and I cannot do it alone and I need your help. So if you have the ability, please visit thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, help sponsor an episode and we will put your name on the sponsorship list where everyone can see your contribution to the Unbroken Nation. My friend, I appreciate it so much. I wanna continue to make these shows and bring tremendous value to your life, to our world and to the Unbroken Nation, but I cannot do it alone. If you have the ability, please visit thinkunbrokenpodcast.com and sponsor an episode. All right, my friends. I would say the one thing I would want people to understand is that healing is possible and that there is a somatic and nervous system component to it. So if you feel like you're stuck in loops that you cannot get out of, it's because maybe there's a component of your healing that is missing. And while this wouldn't be a replacement to therapy or any of the cognitive work, all of that becomes so much more possible when you bring your body into the equation. And so it's so easy to be hard on ourselves for not being able to achieve the change we want and to not being able to transform our lives in these ways that we understand cognitively we want to do. And so I would say to have some compassion for yourself and some curiosity about what else might be going on. And then look for, there are so many tools available. I offer them on my site, but I also know that they exist with plenty of other somatic practitioners or applied neuro coaches. There are lots of people out there who can teach you how to 
make your insular cortex function better or your vagus nerve function better or help you with your respiration so that you're under less threat on a second by second basis that the baseline level of threat of your nervous system starts to reduce. And then all of a sudden it's possible. It's possible to change. It's possible to change the way you are in relationship to others. It's possible to change the way you handle high stress situations. It's possible to stand and make that time for yourself. And it all starts by just coming back into your own body a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree with all that now. I think about this often, right? We we live in a time where where money is the ultimate concern, right? It is always about everything that exists in our life, right? Money this, money that, I can't, I can, whatever that may be. And we can talk about the mindset of money all day long, whatever, it doesn't matter. My point being is now, particularly, we are in this space where, where people are being impacted in this way where they can't afford food. This government, speaking exclusively in America is not being supportive in the way that it should in a time like this. And, and people are reaching this place of fathom. And, and what I think about when I say this is how do we deliver tools to people that are effective, that cost nothing. And what I'm, and what I'm getting to is if I'm sitting at home and I am listening to this right now, and I'm thinking about being in this place, what can you give me that is practical, that I can take, that I can do that costs zero dollars that will impact my life for the better in this moment. So I would love to teach you and your listeners just a few quick drills that you can do when you're feeling really stressed out. These are some of the most effective drills that I have that are the simplest to do anytime, anywhere. So one of the most effective things you can do is train your peripheral vision which means what you see out of the corner of your eye. The reason that this is effective is because when we're under threat, our vision becomes very hyper-focused. So if I can start to train my peripheral vision and, and turn that on, I'm actually sending a signal from my body up to my brain that I am not under threat, that now my vision is not hyper-focused. So it's a biological cue to reduce your threat. So if you just sit up nice and tall. And again, you might want to do an assessment before and after. That's always really important so that you know you're moving your nervous system in the right direction and it's not too too much stimulus. So maybe just turn your head side to side and just feel how much tension is in your neck, if there's any tension in your jaw. Maybe go internally, notice if you have any pain in your body, anywhere in your body, and rate that on a scale of one to 10. And you're just going to take your thumbs out right in front of your face and hold them out at about arm's length. You're gonna keep your head facing forward and you're just gonna track your thumbs out to the side, but your eyes and your head stay facing forward and see how far your thumbs can go out to the side while still seeing them in your peripheral vision. And then slowly bring them back and do it maybe two more times and see if you can just go a little bit further. So keep a focal point that you're looking straight ahead at with your eyes and your face but just see how far you can take your thumb and still see it in the corner of your eye. And then maybe do that one more time. See if you can go just a tiny bit further, keep lengthening your spine, keep breathing, relax the space between your eyes, and then come back, take a big full deep breath in, take a nice long, slow exhale, and then just to let that settle into your body and then reassess. Turn your head side to side, 
and notice if it feels any different for you. If you have less tension in your neck and your throat, if your pain is a little bit less, that's a quick drill to just signal your body that you're not under threat. And then another really great and easy tool to use is your breath. So you can think about turning on your parasympathetic system, which is your calm and respond network, just by paying attention to your breath for as little as six breaths. So what you would do is breathe in twice through your nose on a double inhale, and then breathe out through your mouth, like you're breathing out through a straw. And you're gonna to start to make your exhalation twice as long as your inhalation. And that is a signal to your body that you're moving out of your sympathetic system, out of your fight and flight, into your calm and respond network. And it, studies have shown in MRIs that it takes as few as six of these breaths to make the switch to the other system. So you would just breathe in, pause, and then breathe out through your mouth like you're breathing out through a straw for six, five, four, three, two, one. Double inhale, pause, and then breathe out. Six, five, four, three, two, one. And you do that six times and then reassess after that and notice if your tension is better or worse. And if it's better, that's a positive nervous system response. Change at the level of the nervous system is instantaneous. It's lightning quick. So you can always tell if you're moving in the right direction. If you got a negative response, that means for whatever reason, it was threatening to your body. It was too much stimulus. So you then scrap that drill or try to reduce the intensity, do less repetition, sit down. But if you got positive, that's something you could do in the morning to bring your nervous system threat level down. It's something you could do before you have to do something stressful or have a stressful conversation. And it's just a quick way to regulate your nervous system. Yeah, that's that's those are great tools. I actually have used both of those in my life. And for me, my, my the way that I step into breathing is very much changed as I have changed and grown and adapted. And and I think that there's no right or wrong way to do this. And so, you know, I think it's really important that if you're listening, you don't go, oh, this didn't work. That means it's not right or wrong. It just means it didn't work in this moment, right? Because I, yeah. I go back and I think about like being in yoga studios and being like, I hate this, like legit hate for yoga and like recognizing now it is an intricate part of my daily life, right? Mm -hmm. But to go back to the breathing point, it's that exercise is available for you and on, on all exercises are at the drop of a hat, right? Mm -hmm. When we are uh, stepping into stressful situations that are our body's normal mechanism to go into a survival mode, right? And the thing is, there's not lions chasing us, but there's board meetings and there's doctor's office visits and dates with people and all of the whole spectrum of humanity. And, you know, I think people would be shocked to find out, like, I frequently will, like, excuse myself from a room to go and breathe for 30 seconds yeah, just so I can, like, Very settle. Important. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. And I, I'm, I want people to be able to understand how their nervous system works and to have these drills. So I also have a free set of drills. If you go to my site, there's, it's like a short applied neuro co uh, course, and it has like five or six of the most beneficial drills that I found working with a lot of people. And it's completely free for people to use because I just, I think it's really important and people should have access to this information. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And before I ask you my last question, trust me, I could sit here and talk to you all night long. This stuff is fascinating. We're just now like touching the surface of it. Um, where can people find you? 
So brainbased-wellness.com is my website. And that's where you can get the free applied neurology course and the morning practice. So the morning practice has five neuro drills and a short five minute meditation that's meant to bring you back into your body, to train your vagus nerve, and to just start to build that relationship with your body. So you can do it there. You can do that in kind of community. It's pretty interactive. And that is the best place to find me at brainbased-wellness.com. Amazing. Elizabeth, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Wow, that's a great question. I think for me, it is having faith in my own resilience. Like my recovery has not been a straight up upward trajectory, but a, a spiral that goes up, right? So I hit those same spots all the time. I hit the same fears and the same patterns. And it's not that they don't happen anymore. It's just that every time I go through it and I get up to the next rung of the ladder, when I hit it again, I have more faith in myself and in my tools and in my own resilience to believe more firmly that there is another side, that it won't last forever and that I have the capability to make it to the other side. And to me, being unbroken means recognizing that capability within myself. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I, I resonate with that in such an intense and real way because I often recognize that in this journey, I face the same battle again and again and again. And it's about showing up and going for it no matter what. And resiliency is something that I think you build. There's not inherent. It is something that you have to do. And so I, I totally agree with you on that. Elizabeth, thank you so much for spending time with me. Unbroken Nation, I hope, hope, hope that you will go and check out Brain-Based Wellness. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I wanna know what you think. Please do me a favor and review rate and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, comment, share, review. I want to know not only what you like about the show, but how I can make the show better, how I can make this further about helping you on your healing journey. So do me a favor. And when you do shoot me a screenshot of you making the review to my DM at Michael Unbroken on Instagram so that I can have a conversation with you, say hi, and more importantly, so I can share it with the Unbroken Nation. Thank you so much, my friend. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com.
My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.